1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: He's Jeff Phelps. I'm Andy Baskin, 216-474-0092. So Jeff and I were having this conversation with the Super Bowl in the rearview mirror, and now we start looking forward to free agency, the draft, all those things that uh, will lay ahead for the Browns as we head into the next season. Um, We wanted to reflect back just for a few moments on what we saw this season and how we'll remember this season and things that will go through your mind when they go back and say, hey, that 2023 Browns team, um, you know, what do you remember? What 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 will you remember? What was the most memorable aspect of the entire season? Um, so, Jeff, why don't you start? I've got a bunch of them written down over here. So I,
3: I do, too. And, and, you know, Andy, we talked about this during the season a little bit, how eventful this season has been. There were a lot of big moments. Yeah, yeah. how entertaining the season was. How many big things happened during the season for this football team? And it, it, some of them will take a little bit of explanation, and, and you just kind of have to buy into some of these thoughts because you could lump them all together, but there's, there's no sense in doing that because we're doing four hours. Oh, good point. <laughs> the, the thing that I'm going to remember most about this season, and to me it's the, the most memorable aspect, and it's, it's real big picture, how did you go? You went eleven and six, and you went to the playoffs this year. That's what I am going to remember most. It's pretty simple. They went eleven and six and went to the playoffs, overcoming adversity all season long.
2: With uh, so with five starters in there at quarterback, is well, that is that in your?
3: I mean, you could lump it all together, but I am just the biggest thing was, and, and we'll get details here a little bit, but eleven and six in a playoff game with adversity coming out the, you know what. It, it, was, it was really impressive, and I, I think it's a credit to the organization that they overcame so much and went 11-6 and six and went to the playoffs.
2: I, I think that, I mean, I don't know how you can't look at that as the biggest picture thing that you'll remember from the entire season, right? Is that that's your I, I biggest? Think, I, don't I think know.
3: down the road, that's what we'll all remember more than anything else is that, man, remember they had a lot that they overcame, and they, they went 11-6 and six and made the playoffs.
2: I look at it that way, but I also kind of pinpoint moments within, and I'm not, and I I mean, you probably you're going to remember specific things too about the season. I know I have a bunch of like tiny memories that float around. But the biggest one for me was losing Nick Chubb. You know, I look at the moment and, and the ripple effect that that had on the running attack all season long and knowing that it happened so early in the season. So, you know, I think about the, well, the adversity. The running attack
3: was still really good until later in the year. Yeah, I. It was I still when the think, offensive lineman went down that it really took a hit.
2: I just think there's a difference though between knowing who you're. I, I mean, Nick ran for 106 yards in that first game against Cincinnati, and it was hard for the Browns. I think they had two more games, three games all season long, where somebody ran for even close to that. Ford had 106 the next week. Ford had 107 against Baltimore later in the season, and then that was it, man. I mean, we just didn't have a lot of hundred-yard rushers, and. To me, it's the. You did the, have a lot
3: of hundred-yard games, though. I know, guys but combine.
2: I look at it as more of a single attack thing than I do as a group effort, and the group effort just really tailed off towards the end. There's one for you, one for me. Well, how about one for you? Let's go to Tim in Bedford. Hi, Tim. How are you?
0: Hi, guys. How are you doing today? Good. Hey, Give me something you remember. Uh, uh, a couple. Of, I'm a season ticket holder since 1970.
2: That's good. And reason.
0: Uh, due, due to due to health reasons, I was only able to make it the one game this year. That cool. was the Baltimore game. How
2: are you feeling now, Tim? So, you, Tim? You doing okay now?
0: Uh, yeah, well I'm 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 on a list to get uh, an organ. So. Right. so we're making it day at time. Anyway, Life lifebank.org,
2: my friend. LifeBank dot org.
0: Thank you. Sure. Uh uh the um uh biggest thing for me was just enjoying watching the defense. What they did this year at home. On the road not so much, but at home they were great. And I think we might have got a glimpse of the next great uh Browns offensive lineman with the with the Sean Jones. I like that kid. He's got great footwork and he's a he is a horse. So uh that's what I that's what I'm gonna remember
2: from this year. Tim, thank you. And uh I uh, speedy uh He'll speedy him, wishes yeah. on, your, yeah. on your on your on your future Hope everything goes beautifully for Tim, you. Tim, bless you, my friend. Bless you. Okay. Buddy. Thank you Take guys care. All right. Tim and Bedford checking in. Um yeah, I, I think, you know, you go through what he's talking about when you talk about the defense. And I remember having conversations with you before the season even started, Jeff, I was like, I think this defense is going to be special. I think this is going to be a really good defense. And I think Mm -hmm. they're going to carry them even when the offense isn't there in the beginning. And we needed to see it though. Yeah.
3: You know, I, and I, I love the fact that they put all those assets into it, but then they pulled it off. And, And as Tim said, for the most part, road games, not quite so much, but they pulled it off. Another thing that's gonna always stick out about this season to me, mm-hmm. Miles Garrett finally getting, I think, the recognition, and I'm I not huge on recognition all the time being a big deal, but Miles getting the recognition that he deserves and being named the defensive player of the year. I, I'm I'm usually not crazy about honors. They you know, it's like so what? What what do voters think? But the fact that we've seen him be so dominant and so special as a defensive end and then everybody else finally jumping on board and realizing it. And if he hadn't hurt hurt his shoulder, I mean, can you imagine what he, would he'd have done all year long? I mean, seriously. He he went into a a different type of great play afterwards. His sack totals weren't what they were. I can only imagine what he might have done had he not been had he not been hurt and he continued to play and he was and he continued to be really good, but it was a different kind of good that doesn't attract quite as many eyeballs. So, Miles Garrett's season is something that I'll remember out of this year, too. It was a great aspect.
2: Um, I think the other part of Miles Garrett, too, may have been affected by the league's need to protect quarterbacks. And I think that was recognized by the AP voters when they made him Defensive Player of the Year. That the league, after watching all these starting quarterbacks get hurt in the beginning of the season, there's just no way they didn't loosen the rules on holding for offensive linemen. I just – I can't – it's hard for me to imagine that, you know, the numbers going down for holding calls against offensive linemen didn't have some kind of a correlation to, um, you know, the injuries for the quarterback. So I think – I think, and I can't prove this, but I got to believe that that kind of went into the psyche of voters for the Associated Press when they named him Defensive Player of the Year, and in turn that becomes the NFL uh, award itself for Defensive Player of the Year as well. So I think the rule changes – uh, were recognized, and so that the uh, leaning on sacks to determine who is the best defensive player didn't need to be necessary in this, in this scenario.
3: And don't be stunned if they loosen those rules even more and give offensive linemen a little more leeway. Yeah. You know, it, it might not be a bad idea um,
2: at, at all. I think I'm also going to go back, and if you want to hop in, two one six 474 I'm also going to give the front office credit on something that I'll remember was the ability to move on from Kate York because I don't think they wanted to they gave him every chance in the world to be the kicker of this team and as it turns out you know letting him go and bringing in Dustin Hopkins turned out to be probably one of the best moves that they've made in, in their entire tenure um, and just having the guts you know it's like San Francisco we talk about you know having the guts to not go with the guy you invested everything in quarterback and Trey Lance yeah and then end up going in a different direction and and being cognizant that you can make mistakes as a front office but you're not going to sit there and wallow in your own politics when you know that your team can be better if you make a move and just realize you know what this one didn't work and i think well, you know a lot of us sat here and said well they you know they drafted Cade York they're going to have to keep him they're going to have to keep him they're going to they're gonna have to keep him and then go back and look at the brown schedule and how many games uh, they were able to win because their field goal kicker was replaced by Dustin Hopkins. But then it makes me think too. I'm like, ah, Houston, because <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. not only did we lose to them in the playoffs, but we also lost on that run back when he got hurt.
3: I, I have seven things that I wrote down. Andy is the most, most impressive and memorable aspects for me. Dustin mm-hmm. Hopkins is one of those seven.
2: He was one of your seven. Yeah,
3: he was. He was that good. And the fact that they brought him in. You know andy that's that's huge to move on from something that you didn't think worked and and let's let's be honest about it. You don't need the drafted kicker no, you just don't because a a drafted kicker seems to be just about as good as an undrafted kicker in the n f l you you just never know what's going to happen to these guys
2: when they hit the National Football League. Justin is in Newberry. hey Justin hey, how's it going guys? good How are Justin, you? Good, good. I just wanted to let you know my
0: favorite part about the Brown season this year.
2: Okay, go for it.
0: My favorite part was, uh, you know, everyone's like, oh, Joe Flacco. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you guys got your butts whooped by the Houston Texans, you bums.
2: That's what it is? Wow, Dustin, you're going to have a great weekend. It's going to be awesome.
3: That's a, lot, sure of posi- point not a lot of positive. Not a lot of
2: positive. I think he's mad that they lost to Houston. I can- I'm getting that read. You think that was it? You think it? that's it? I think that's a lot of anger going on I mean, inside he said your head, you. there,
3: man. He's, he dropped a U. it must mean he's maybe not a Browns fan. Oh, you think so? Yeah. We have to
2: dissect it. Wow. Joe
3: Flacco is one of one of my seven most memorable aspects. How can it not be? Yeah. Uh, along with, and I think Andy, it's going to be the biggest thing that people remember and think about moving forward. Remember when Flacco came in and lit it up? Now he also threw a lot of interceptions. And two that killed you against Houston. But when you win, no Justin one remembers the mistakes. Celebrated. Yeah, but they didn't win the one that mattered most. True. But that's okay.
2: Because you but, got your butts kicked yeah, by Houston. But I, Man, I can't wait for
3: the weekend to start. Joe Flacco became uh, a, a part of Cleveland sports history this year. I I don't think I'm overstating that. Do you? Not at all. I mean, he, he became he became legendary in Cleveland. I mean... Remember what Kelly Holcomb did when Kelly stepped in a couple of times and was just great? People still talk about that. And he was nothing compared to what Flacco did. So Flacco coming in here is going to become a part of Cleveland sports history.
2: I think a year or two from now, people will be like, remember when? how long did Flacco play for the Browns? That's what they're going to say. How many seasons was he with the Browns? Wasn't he there three years? (laughs) No, more like three games.
3: How about six games? (laughs) That included the playoffs. Seven, if you want to count the one he didn't play against Cincinnati. Oh, I got man. a couple of more. One okay. that I think is really special. Keep going.
2: Yeah, Give me one. You want one right yeah, now? Yeah, give me
3: one. I'll give you one right now. Uh, it's, it's along the Flacco line. Five different starting quarterbacks. They made NFL history by having five different starting quarterbacks. And if I'm not mistaken, the previous record was five, so they tied it but it was by the patriots in the strike season when they used replacement players.
2: Oh, man, it's just it,
3: five different starting quarterbacks and,
2: and ended up with 11 wins and threw away the Cincinnati game at the end of the season. Let's yeah. be honest. He could have won 12 let's not maybe. Get ourselves 2164740092 216474 216-474- Double O ninety two. I'll remember that loss to Houston, man. That's what's gonna drive me you losers in the whole offseason. Forget about the eleven wins. Forget about having success this year. All I care about is what happened against Houston.
3: I got a I got a special one coming up. Oh,
2: I can't wait. Two one six, four seven four, double oh ninety two. Basket of Phelps.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon
0: when a thought hits you.
2: ninety two. I was going
3: to go there, and I thought, nope, I'm not going to. And then you did.
2: That's uh, what did I say? Sixteen candles? No. <clears throat> Question: How will you remember the Browns' season this season? What's the most memorable aspect? I, I you know, I keep going back and I think about it. it it's hard. So
3: many, there's so many big things that happened this year. There's so many. I, I mentioned just the overall big picture, Andy. You went 11 and 6 and made the playoffs. How, how often does our team go 11 and 6 and make the playoffs? Forget all the other factors involved here. They went 11 and 6 and made the playoffs.
2: Twice since they were reborn to make the playoffs, right? Three times? Three times to make the playoffs?
3: Mm-hmm. Overcoming all the injuries to make that happen. I can't wait and till we get a home playoff. I, game. I, I don't know that we've had such an injured team ever in my lifetime. Maybe I just I couldn't tell especially you, especially with this much success. Well, yeah. and and such key people going down, Andy. I mean, you know, you lost your starting tackles. You lost your your third tackle, who ended up being really good. You lost your quarterback. You lost your running back. I mean, they just kept dropping like crazy, and yet they continue to go. The five different starting quarterbacks tying an NFL record. That was a big deal. I thought. You know, it might be a little cheap because you had Jeff Driscoll go in the last one because you didn't want Flacco to get hurt. Right. Okay, but I understand that. It's still five, right? Miles Garrett being Defensive Player of the Year. We mentioned Flacco. We mentioned, mentioned Dustin Hopkins. Those are big. Flacco's going to be a part of Cleveland sports history. Hard to believe because he's a guy I didn't like very much. Why? Because he was a quarterback for the Evil Empire.
2: I kind of forgot about it while he was here. I'm not going to lie. I know. While he was here. I didn't he did. care once that he, you know and it's not you, like You know why? Cuz he looked like one of
3: us. He was he, good. And he was so he so bought into being a member of the Cleveland Browns. And he really did. And he, he was complimentary of the organization. I mean, he he couldn't have been forget how he played on the field. He couldn't have been a better citizen. Well, go you know back I mean? and
2: watch the speech from NFL Honors. Oh, it was great. I mean, it was all about Cleveland. Yep. It was about the front office. It was about his teammates. It was about his family, and just how much he appreciated being here. I, mm-hmm. I, it's going to be difficult if he goes somewhere else and has success last next year. Sorry, yeah, if he has success ne- next year and we don't. That, I have another thing, thing that I'll, I'll always
3: remember this season for. Jim Donovan returning to the broadcast booth. It was a you know, Jim obviously went through an awful lot to do that, and. It was an interesting season with so many different people filling in for him, but for Jim to be able to get back and do what he does so well, that was a pretty memorable thing, Andy. It
2: good, was good for him and good for Browns. I think the the part I remember the most was him smashing the guitar, and then just you know just the whole emotion. I can't imagine the emotion he was feeling when he finally got back into yeah. the booth, and you know he just worked good, so hard. Good for and, him. You know, so yeah, that that is one of those moments. The, the Jets game too, Jeff. I know we we're not really talking about individual, but that Jets game was just so special, like being there that night and, you know, watching what the Browns were able to do against the Jets and then, you know, win on national TV and just, you know, get to the playoffs and give yourself a little bit of comfort um, before you had that last game of the season against Cincinnati and the way they won and, you know, to see Flacco go back up against the Jets and, and, and just, I don't know, you know, it's the end of a four game winning streak and, there were just there were so many good moments in the season that were fun, and but the bad moments were bad, man. Your quarterback <laughs> yeah. Deshaun Watson gets hurt. Yeah, you're watching him against Indy, and you're like, what's going on here? And then uh, it, the other part of it too is, and I think I'm thinking about like just fan engagement at this point. But um, DTR when they handed DTR the ball before that Baltimore game, that was about. I mean, other than the Jets game. That's about as electric as it was going into a football game. The, the crowd was just DTR, DTR. And this was coming off of the Pittsburgh game, right? That I mean, just a devastating Pittsburgh game. I'm sorry, this was coming off of Tennessee after they beat Tennessee and you were a week removed from, from the Pittsburgh game. That you Now you're looking at Baltimore and you're like, okay, well, Watson got hurt. Okay, but we all saw DTR. We know what he looks like. We saw him in the preseason. This is going to be great. This is going to be great. This is going to be great and it was like we just ran into a brick wall, boom, that Baltimore game. So, um, you know, I still think the future is bright for DTR, and I'll always look at that game as a, man, they threw that kid to the wolves in that game. And so, you know, I I hope there's a bright future for DTR as well because I think the fans embraced him, and they made it a lot of fun.
3: Now, let me me tell you something in a second.
2: All right, let's uh, talk to Jason, who's in charge. Hey, Jason. Jason.
0: Hey, how's it going,
1: guys? Good, how
2: are you, man?
0: Good, good. I just want to talk about my favorite moment about the Browns. Go for it. Yeah, so my favorite moment was, you know, I mean, you wake up early in the
1: morning. I got my big truck. I take it to the Muni lot, and those Muni lot
0: nights, those were or the mornings were great. That was my favorite part about the season with my big
3: truck.
2: Well, congratulations, Wow, that's good stuff, Jason. They're going to let you use crayons at school this week? That's going to be outstanding. Thank you. 216-474-0092. Come on, man. We're getting some of these smoke calls that are just knuckleheads. They're just calling in. They're just calling in. They don't, they're not they not appreciating. Our buddy
3: G sent me a text, and he said the other guy who said, you got your butts kicked, had to be a Steeler fan. I don't think so. Or Newberry. Sometimes they cross the border.
2: Yeah, I, that might have been his brother that just called this too. Newberry, Chardon, a lot of Geauga County stuff going on. You here, know what man. I left with? Uh, What's going on, Geauga County? Uh, so it seems a little crazy. A little crazy this morning.
3: You know what I'm left with after everything that happened this year? And again, so many things that didn't go well resulted in a pretty good season all the way around. But I'm left with this. What does it mean for next year? And to me, it means this. Either you're going to get guys back and they're going to be healthy. And this team, you know, let's say it wins 11 games again, but becomes a, a really good, a better team, which is quite possible. You, you, Same number of wins, but you're better. You're ready to go. You get into the playoffs, and you advance in the playoffs. Or it doesn't fly, and it's, it turns into – and I think it's, it's going to be huge one way or the other, Andy, and I don't have a feel for which yet. I, I think they're either going to make a step next year and really get things going, or we're going to look at it and think, how did they not build on what they did last year?
2: And I'm not sure which way it's going to go. I mean, you look at your entire offense, the starters at least, and they're all under contract coming back to next season. All of them. Chubb, Watson, Njoku, Conklin. Oh, but Teller. Chubb's not going to be here but, early. I'm just saying, they're all under contract. They're all coming back. I mean, they all can come back for next season unless the yeah, team decides to go in a different direction. Posick, Batonio, you know, Wills. I know. You know, you still want more. You still got Elijah Moore, Cedric Tillman is Ford still early, strong. and Amari, you know, Amari Cooper and Kareem Hunt.
3: No, but he's one of the few.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by
2: state law. Yeah. Just when you look at what they have coming back, defensively they need to figure it out. Linebacker, what are they going to do with, you know, one at least one of the tackle spots and how are they going to fill in on the defensive end? Or do they just feel like – I? there's a part of me that thinks double O could they can just start double O next year on the other side of Miles Garrett if they don't bring Zadarius Smith back. And I want them to bring Zadarius Smith back.
3: I, I hope that he is. I don't know that he is if you need him on every down D the end. Then again, they didn't really have that last year. I and mean, they rotated guys on the D line so often that guys basically played half the time. You
2: need four. Uh, if you're, it, I sh- you, at I least you need, three.
3: I think you need nine defensive linemen to play a Jim Schwartz defense.
2: I don't know about it. And then look at the defensive backs going back in the next season. You're rock solid. Ward, Delpit, Thornhill, Emerson, Newsom. I mean, they're all coming back. I, I don't know why you wouldn't think great things about this team going. And it was well, funny because I, I, I talked I to I think
3: it can be, Andy. That's that's the thing. I'm really optimistic that it will be. I don't know. If, you know. There's still that thought in my head, though, that, okay, well, let's see for sure.
2: I don't know I, – I, I know that I did talk to some folks at the end of the season, like, we're in trouble for next year. And I'm like, what do you mean we're in trouble for next year? People that I trust. And I said, why, why would you say that? They're like, I don't know, another year older. We still haven't figured out the Watson thing, if that's still going to work. Still
3: haven't given them enough talent at wide receiver. What are they going to do at wide receiver?
2: Them.
3: Yeah, but those, those, are, those are fixable if you decide to make the investment. Which they did on the defensive line, and that worked. last year they made the investment on the defensive line, and they did it with some good veterans: Obo, Zedarius, Mo Hurst, Shelby Harris. And three of those guys are not on this roster right now because they're free agents. You, you got to replace them, or, or replace them by bringing them back. But they're they're clear guys there that you know you have holes on the defensive line again. You can fill them with what you had, but they have to be filled, obviously. Um, Plus Jordan Elliott.
2: Then again, you got to look at the rest of the league too. I mean, uh, you you have to expect Cincinnati to be better next year if Burrow's healthy, sure. And depending on you know what they do with their wide receivers, D. Higgins, and and what happens with them and their contracts, and if they're going to uh, franchise a few players here or there, or, or or at least the one player. So I just Cincinnati really scares me next year. Pittsburgh's in a weird spot with quarterback, and you know Baltimore's going to be Baltimore again and i if I'm Baltimore, I walk out of last season just so mad angry They didn't yeah. take advantage of an opportunity to you know get by Kansas City and be able to go to the Super Bowl because I think everybody had the Baltimore circle going to the Super Bowl, especially the way they were playing middle of the season, and then all of a sudden they fall short.
3: I know one guy who didn't, Andy that was you. Couldn't bet against Kansas City.
2: But still, so when you look at the AFC North next year, how do you size that up? Baltimore. And then everybody else. I still look at Cincinnati and just wonder. I wonder what they're going to look like. Well, the like
3: sure, and, and I wonder what the Browns are going to look like. And I wonder what Pittsburgh's going to look like. Now you bring in new offensive coordinator and Arthur Smith, who are they going to have at quarterback? They have Justin Fields at quarterback, look out. That's one of the rumors out there. Hmm. They have Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, Andy. He could do a nice job there.
2: All right, 216-474-0092. Big stuff coming up a little bit later in the show. We'll make Jeff Thomas do it later in the hour uh, in the next hour. Curtis Danberg's going to join us. Uh, we're going to talk about the festivities happening at the ballpark this summer. Brian Anderson, former uh, Indians pitcher, is going to join us. Chris Fedor is going to talk Cavs, Demontre Moore, NFL, all kinds of good stuff. Coming up straight ahead, Baskin and Phelps 92.3 The Fan.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H track, all wheel drive, and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe.